Welcome to The Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. Today, we begin the last book of the Old Testament. As Stephen opens Malachi, you'll learn that your worship can tell a lot about your view of God. Malachi's prophecy teaches you that there's no place for half-hearted or superficial worship. Worship becomes genuine when you understand that God loves you unceasingly and unconditionally. Today's lesson is called, The Danger of Religious Rituals. Well, today on our Wisdom Journey, we set sail into the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. Now, like Haggai and Zechariah, Malachi was written after the Jewish people returned from exile in Babylon. Now, I want you to keep in mind that Malachi will prophesy for the Lord about a hundred years after Haggai and Zechariah. In fact, Malachi is going to minister right around the time of Nehemiah's later ministry there in Jerusalem. Now, when Malachi shows up on the scene, the temple has been rebuilt in Jerusalem. Uh, The worship uh, uh, traditions have settled into a routine, but I got to tell you, uh, that's a big part of the people's problem. You know, it's, it's easy for religion to become a routine. I remember one author uh, writing it this way, that, that Israel seemed to be doing well spiritually, that is outwardly, but inwardly uh, she was drifting away from her spiritual moorings. It, it makes me want to ask us the question today, how are we doing Well, hopefully we're not interested in a religion of ritual without meaning, you know, praying, attending, clocking in and clocking out. We're interested in a relationship as we walk with the Lord, and that's every day. That takes nurturing. That takes intentionality just as much as any relationship with anybody else in our lives. If if we stop paddling that canoe, so to speak, we're going to drift away from where we want to be. Now, we know very little about Malachi himself. His name means my messenger, and he's indeed a messenger from God, and he has a message for Israel. In fact, like most of the other Old Testament prophets, it's a message of rebuke. It's a call to repentance. Uh, however, his book begins with a, with a wonderfully tender touch. Uh, the Lord is saying now to the people of Israel here in verse 2, listen to these wonderful words, I have loved you. You know, a message like that never gets old, does it? I love you. And maybe that's the message you need to hear today from God. For God so loved the world, that includes you. Write your name in that text in your New Testament. He gave his only son that if you believe in him, you'll not perish but have eternal life. Now, what's his love look like for those who belong to him? Well, just look at Israel. His love is unceasing. It is unconditional. He loves them in spite of their history of rebellion and rejection. In fact, his love for them is is why he rebukes them, why he's calling them to repentance. True love always seeks what's best for the other person, and that includes correction when it's needed, just as you might lovingly correct your children today. The Lord anticipates the people asking him the question, 
now here in this little book. Well, if, if, if you love us, we want to know how you've loved us. And that's the question of a rather stubborn child, isn't it? Well, how do you love me, mommy or daddy? Well, the Lord answers by pointing to Jacob and Esau. To Jacob and his descendants, that is the nation Israel, God shows his special favor. He loved Jacob. He demonstrated it by his covenant with Israel. Jacob's brother Esau, the father of the nation of Edom, was not, was not shown that, that favor. God says here in verse 2, I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. The words here are intended to simply express the fact that God chose Jacob but did not choose Esau. He chose the Israelites, not the Edomites. And beloved, as you dig into the history of the Edomites, the descendants of Esau, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find they didn't want God at all themselves. In fact, they became enemies of the Israelites. So in a sense, Esau got what he wanted from God. He wanted life without God. Now, God's special relationship with Israel demands that that he rebuke them for their failure to honor him. Here's the charge he brings to them in verse 6. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? He specifically addresses the priests who despise his name. Again, this is followed by a by the question the Lord anticipates from the priests. Well, how have we despised your name? God quickly answers in verse 7, by offering polluted food upon my altar. In other words, the priests are offering blind and lame animals as sacrifices to the Lord. They're carrying out the ritual of offering sacrifices, but their heart isn't in it. They're, They're really not interested in worshiping the Lord proven by the fact they're not bringing their best animals, unblemished animals. They're bringing to the altar animals well, they, they, they don't want to keep. But it's even more than a selfish heart issue. They are violating covenant law. Leviticus chapter 22 uh, and says over there in verse 20, you are not to offer anything that has a blemish. It's not acceptable. So these sacrifices pictured You see, the coming, unblemished Lamb of God, the sinless Savior. So they were only to present the best, the unblemished, the spotless animals to the Lord. You see, the priests were supposed to act as mediators between the people and God. They were were to be examples of how to follow the Lord, but instead they're actually disobeying God's word. And it isn't out of ignorance that the priests are doing this, by the way. They, They don't care. They've reached a point where their role as priests is nothing more to them than a, than a rather boring job. In fact, they say here in verse 13, what a weariness this is. See, their, their service has become a boring, weary ritual. They're going through the motions of worship without any real motivation to worship. And they're just, you know, they're just lighting candles they're just, they're just bowing and praying. They're repeating the rituals through the day without any desire for a relationship with God. You know, I wonder how many people today go, go to church and, you know, just sort of yawn their way through the service, mumble through the hymns, count the ceiling tiles, you know, up there during the sermon, light a few candles, you know, bow every so often. There's no, there's no real desire to worship God. 
It's just one ritual after another. Do we not think God knows that? See, the attitudes and defiance of these priests here are going to prove to be rather costly. Uh, The Lord gives them a stern warning here now in chapter 2 and verse 2 where he says, If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send a a curse upon you and I'll, I'll curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Now, the blessings here that have been cursed are more than likely the material blessings the priests enjoyed. God's going to curse the seed of the crops from which the priests received their tithes. The tithes were their paycheck, basically their meal ticket. Well, even more seriously, God says here in verse 3, I will spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings. Well, this, this describes them as personally unqualified. The uncleanness from their hearts is that were spread on their faces. This is disqualifying them to serve the Lord. This is disgraceful. See, God's discipline of these ungodly priests is necessary. Why? Well, verse 4 tells us, so that his covenant with Levi may stand. Now, let me remind you that God had determined that the priests would come from the tribe of Levi. In fact, here in verse 5, the Lord says of Levi, He stood in awe of my name. Verse 6, true instruction was in his mouth. In other words, the former priests had worshipped the Lord from their heart. They had told the people the truth. But these current priests, God says to them here in verse 8, You've turned aside from the way. You've caused many to stumble by your instruction. You've corrupted the covenant of Levi. As a result, he says in verse 9, I will make you despised and abased before all the people. Oh, beloved, this is a severe warning for anybody to this day who, who represents the Lord, who, who teaches the word, whether it's vocational ministry or, or simply as a believer in the community representing him for all of us. There's always this subtle danger that, that we can drift, that we can be drawn into serving ourselves, seeking self-glory rather than God's glory. When religion just begins to become in our lives a ritual, you see, God has a way of, of knocking people off their pedestal. He isn't going to let anybody steal his glory. To this day, he is looking for believers who will worship him genuinely and humbly. Jesus said the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus invites us today not to meaningless rituals, not to religious traditions with no heart, but to a relationship in which we we get to know him through his word. Uh, We get to know and, and, and walk with him through truth he gives us. We come to love him as our Lord and our Savior. Well, we're out of time for today. Until we set sail again next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Stephen called this lesson the danger of religious rituals. As you apply the truth you've learned, your worship of God will be enhanced and strengthened. This is The Wisdom Journey, produced by Wisdom International. From the very beginning of this ministry, Stephen has said that we are empowered by prayer. We're convinced that that's true. And I invite you to join our global prayer team and pray for us. You'll find information about the global prayer team at wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. We post updates on specific ways that you can pray for us. We also have a form you can use to let us know how to pray for you. That address is wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. Join us next time on The Wisdom Journey. 